All right, good morning. Good morning, church. Uh, I just want to say hey to the new visitors in here. Thank you for coming and, and worshiping with us this morning. Uh, my name is Van, and I have the honor today to give you the word, okay? So, uh, we are in our second week of ability to produce wealth, and last week, uh, our very own uh, Pastor Mark, he did a very good job at laying down a, a foundational point in God's kingdom, and that is obedience. And, and if we're obedient to God, that will open us up to his provision and his blessing in our lives, okay? Uh, but this week, we're going to be talking about remembering God, a charge to remember him. And usually when we're Remembering God in this area of money or finance, we tend to come from this perspective of, of lack, where uh, we're remembering God when we're in need of something. Like, I'm remembering God. Uh, I, I know he's going to come through for me. It says it in his word. But we're going to be coming from a different perspective today. And... and uh, that perspective is coming from where we're already met in our need, okay? Where things are met and maybe we can even have some of the things we want. And, and we're going to remember that God will always provide, provides, which, which he will. Uh, it is also a charge to remember to resist our pride and to never, ever forget what God has done for us. So before we get into that, let's go ahead and pray. Lord Father, I thank you for today. Uh, I pray, Lord Father, that you would help me teach your word, that you would empower me by your Holy Spirit, and that by your Holy Spirit you would bring understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be looking in the book of Deuteronomy today, uh, chapter 8, verses 2 through 4 and 14 through 16. And in this passage, it's Moses speaking for God to his people Israel. It goes like this, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. 14, do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God, who rescued you from slavery and the land of of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its 
poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from a rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. So through Moses, God is essentially telling, his, his, he's giving his people a warning. A warning not to forget their beginning. And coming out of Egypt, they, they had a lot of bad influences come with them. Namely, uh, idolatry. So if you can envision a, a, a bunch of people moving out of uh, Egypt, uh, some of them probably have packed some idols with them. You know, they're bringing some of that, that Egyptian culture with them. And, and God is bringing them, them, them out into the uh, wilderness to, to see if they would obey, to test them. And as they're traveling, there's, we, see a, we see a lot of complaining going on, right? They're complaining about the food. We, we, we have no way to bake fresh bread. So he, he gives them manna. And it's like a wafer substance that's there in the morning. Eventually, they get tired of that. And then they complain, like, where's the meat at? We need some meat. So God brings in quail. You know, God is bringing in a bunch of fried chicken into the camp. You know, who, who, would, who would not like fried chicken every day? But I think a lot of us probably would get tired of it, right? We wouldn't like fried chicken every day. So... They grumble about that. And then, as we read in Exodus, there's a bunch of rebellions. Maybe not a bunch, but several. And with these rebellions, unfortunately, God had to end some, some people's lives because they wouldn't obey. And there's the commonly known account where you know, Moses goes up onto the mountain and he's spending time with God and he's gone, he's gone so long that the people of Israel is like, where's Moses? He's not coming back. Well, Aaron, come here. You know, they force him to melt all this gold and they create this golden calf idol and they begin to worship it. So as you can see, these, uh, this, this Egyptian culture, this influence is coming up again because they, they think they've been deserted. And, and this is going back to last week's uh, subject of obedience because this is why Israel wandered for 40 years. They didn't want to obey. And, and because of this, God couldn't let them into the promised land. You know, he couldn't let them in because, frankly, they would probably mess up things. They would probably put more wrenches in his plan. And we can find a lesson in, in that right there that sometimes God can actually withhold a blessing because he knows in our uh, uh, heart of hearts that maybe we're just not ready for it at a particular time. Maybe we're not ready for a certain level of blessing because we might become like Israel and forget him. So Moses is saying in verse 14, he's instructing them, 
to not forget what, the, uh, what God has done for them. And remembering can help us uh, resist our pride of our own abilities or accomplishments. And, and one example is the pride of gaining as much as these as we can. It's right here. You know, this is not a, a hundred, it's not a 50 or 20, it's not even a 10 or five. It's just a dollar. It's one dollar. But you know, what if I took you to cost you less or pay less? And we're standing outside and I said, here, here. I want you to go in and have at it. I want you to go in and get anything you want. Be blessed by this. I think most of you would look at me and say, um, brother, I think I'm going to need a little bit more if I want to get something in here. You know, this, this dollar has gone through so much in the past 120 years. But what if this was the early 1900s? Do you know how much you could get with this one dollar? Let me tell you. You could get one pound of bacon for 14 cents. Who likes bacon in here? You like bacon? Well, you could get a lot of it. It's only 14 cents. You could probably, probably stockpile for the winter, you know, if you're in the States. You can get one pound of coffee for 34 cents. I know uh, there's some coffee drinkers in here. I, I, know you're, I know you're feeling that fact. A pound of coffee. I mean, you can go to any cafe here on island, and depending on the type of drink or the size, you're going to pay at least $5. You know? So we're at 48 cents, and we still got change left over. You can get a five-pound bag of flour for 12 cents. So if you like to bake... This would have been your time. You would have loved to have all that flour. You can get a half gallon of milk for 14 cents. Okay? What about a one pound, one pound of round steak for 13 cents? Steak. You know? I think, I think a number of, of us have, has had a good steak in our lives. You know, what if we go to the steakhouses around, around Guam? What are you guessing it, it would cost you? Some, is, some steaks are worth 50 bucks. And then you get some asparagus on the side. You know, little mashed potatoes. But you can get one pound of steak for 13 cents. And then there's the 10-pound bag of potatoes for 14 cents. So for 27 cents, you got steak and potatoes for your whole family. 27 cents. And if you add that all up, it's just $1 and one cent. Barely over a dollar. That's what you could have got with just $1. 
But you know, over time, that dollar would start to inflate. And because of inflation and time, uh, the economy would crash a number of times. And then if we fast forward to today, uh, there's a pandemic that happened. And that really uh, hit our economy hard. You know, so back in those times, America was prospering and she was growing, but these things happened. And I'm not saying that these uh, things were uh, for sure, you know, God's judgment. But what I am saying is that God will use unfortunate events to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. See, through lack, God can teach us to remain humble, to remain dependent on him for everything. And that over time, wealth can be gained. But man, in a rather short time, it can be lost as well. It can be quickly taken away. And you know, in our, in our economy today, we're, we're slowly getting back on our feet. And, you know, the, the government has passed a lot of uh, stimulus to help people out, to, to help businesses stay afloat. But, you know, between uh, the recession in 2009 and, and last year and this year, I don't know the full number, but there's been trillions, trillions of dollars spent to keep things moving. And, you know, the government is just trying to restore our society and our lives to, to how they once were. But, you know, our God is a God of restoration. He restores. And I'm so thankful that he's, he's not a God that just lets his people stay in a fallen spot. He actively works toward our restoration, and we should be very grateful for that. You know, we see Israel uh, uh, eventually get into the promised land. I mean, God blesses them mightily through it, but eventually, you know, that blessing would go away. And what I'm getting at is, yes, God restores. But we shouldn't see our God as a bailout God. We shouldn't go to him expecting him to have a safety net whenever we mess up. We should be good stewards of what we have already and get it right the first time. But know that if we do mess up and we sincerely repent and we begin going and, and, and being led by his word again, that he will restore us. So, again, let's be good stewards of what we have. And let's depend on God and humbly do our part. And doing our part means we have to work. Right? We have to have a job. We have to go through training to be proficient in, in whatever we're doing. We have to be knowledgeable. We have to do our part. 
And when we do our part, we will see the blessing come in. But when that blessing comes in, we must not forget the Lord our God. You know, I'm not one of those people that can claim that I've gotten everything by my own hand. You know, everything I've gotten or received has been from my Father in heaven. And I'll, and I'll give you some examples here, three examples. Uh, right now I have a good job, but it has nothing to do with my degree. Nothing. Maybe some of you in here can relate. I didn't have the greatest college career, and coming out of college, I didn't think I would have a chance at a really good job, but God gave me a really good job because he loves me, because I'm his son. And me and my family have been greatly blessed through my job. And I can't tell you everything that's happened, but he's taken very good care of us. You know, second example is uh, me and my wife, we're newlyweds, and, you know, as newlyweds, you want to get into your own place. You want to be out on your own. You know, you want, you want some, somewhere, some place to call your home. So we're looking, and we're looking at places, and I'm not going to say where it is or the location, but we go into this place, and immediately there's like this stench going on. You know, and I think it's coming from the carpet because the carpet looks like it hasn't been cleaned in a while. But this place was fully furnished. However, the furniture was, was like the wicker basket stuff that you're supposed to put outside. But it was inside. So we're kind of looking around and we're like, eh, you know, we're looking at the, you know, I, I think most of you can... Uh, know how looking at a new place and you're, you're weighing the pros and the cons. But even though it seemed like there was more cons, we were so desperate to get our own place that we were willing to, to, to put an offer on it and say, you know, we'll fix it up somehow. But you know, we put in an offer and, and all of a sudden the loan gets denied. And you know, we're like, you know, we're trusting in you, God. We're trusting in you in this process. Uh, I guess this place is just not for us. And we're waiting on him. And man, just a short amount of time, about a month later, there's this new place that comes onto the market. And our realtor tells us about it. This place is newly renovated. Almost looks brand new. And he gives us the opportunity to put an offer on it. And get this, it's at the same price. We put an offer, all of a sudden this time our loan is accepted. So God, in a sense, he's looking out for us. He is closing a door and opening a new one. Literally, the doors to a new condo. Last example is uh, the car we drive today. Around 2005, we were driving around in a money pit. You know, when your car gets old, things start breaking, and, and you have to fix stuff, maybe even more than once or twice. And that's what was going on. 
I was like, man, you know, we're putting so much money in keeping this thing on the road. We need something newer, but at the time, we just didn't have the finances for it. But through an unfortunate situation that, you know, I wouldn't wish on anyone, God provided. Nonetheless, he provided, and we were able to pay for a brand new vehicle. So I look back on everything, and I say, you know what? I cannot brag about anything because you've given me everything. I'm so grateful to my God because he's taking good care of us and and those things, so I will never stop remembering my God. I'll never stop remembering what he's done for me and my family. You know, when God is asking us to remember him, he, or, or in the area of finances, he's just, he's just simply asking, he's saying, remember me. Remember your God. Don't simply stop at the blessing. Remember who I am. I am not just a God of provision. I am the most high God, almighty the everlasting God, your sanctifier, your shepherd, your banner, your salvation, your righteousness, your peace and hope, your God who wages war, who is for you and never against you. See, God is our true prize. And he cares more about us being spiritually rich in him than any material wealth we can gain while we're here. See, remembering is a choice. It's a declaration. It's an answer to the question, who will I worship, God or money? Because in Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says this, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Today I encourage you, church, no matter what your financial situation is, make that choice to never stop remembering who God is and what he's done for you. Let us never stop guarding our hearts and Uh, against pride, lest we forfeit the blessing that Jesus' blood paid for, because our God keeps his covenant. And if we depend on him and by faith do our part, he will most assuredly do his. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Father, I thank you for your word. Lord Father, I pray as we... uh, go forth from this day, whatever financial situation we are in, Lord God. I pray that you uh, help us uh, first and foremost to be obedient to your word, Lord Father, and that as you bless us, as you bless your people, that we would resist any pride that would come up to, to try to say that we had 
any true part in, 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 in our provision or the blessing. But Father, yes, we have to do our part, but we ultimately uh, recognize that it's you that blesses. It's you that, that allows us to produce wealth. Lord Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you, you would just begin to bring those things to mind. All the times that you've met our need, all the times that you've blessed us, even when we feel like we don't deserve it. And I just want to say thank you, Father, for providing. Thank you for taking care of your children. Thank you. Thank you for taking care of our families. And Lord Father, I pray that we would be open to receive, open and ready to receive the blessing that is coming. That we would be good stewards of whatever we have and honor you and bless you in it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, church. I pray that God blesses you. I don't know what your situation is, but I just want to say, may God take care of you and bless you and be ready for it. All right? In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. i